Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1 800 795 9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark. Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board. Double the KOK's live telephone talk show on the mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Joe. Hey, man. How are you doing over there? Hey, hey. you're looking good, buddy. What were you drinking? What'd you do again? with your hair? Have you been drinking again? <laughs> no, I, I've been taking marijuana again. Oh, man. <laughs> taking it, but uh, not yes, smoking I, it. I'm a big fan of the lieutenant governor. Hey, we're <laughs> all going to get stoned here on the campaign <laughs> trail. Big fan of the edibles? <laughs> oh, no, I don't like edibles. <laughs> I've never had one. <laughs> Unless you're talking about a cheeseburger. I love cheeseburgers. Ah, yumbo. Okay, now we're talking. (laughs) Yes, indeed we are. All right. How was your weekend? uh, Fun, fun. Enjoyed it. Went kayaking yesterday with Mike Molosevich. Put in at Watsontown. Got out at Lewisburg. Just a super run. Saw a couple of bass boats. They were out there. Saw an eagle and maybe some peregrine falcons. and just Or maybe red-tail hawks. That's right. Couldn't quite tell what they were. But just wonderful time on the river. The river's in, I guess, probably about five feet or something really great 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 day so but not as many boaters as there would be if the dam were up well no this area wouldn't be impacted too much or this is You're too, up by Lewis too far up yes yeah, all right to really be impacted by the dam but uh, um, you're right once you get down river well you hardly see any fishing boats can go in this they're they're better at lower drafting uh, than some of the bigger boats so well did speaking of the day's big news did you watch the big hearing Thursday night mm-hmm Oh, did you really? Yeah, we talked about it on Friday I wasn't here a little Friday. bit. Yeah, we talked about it on Friday with uh, the um, John Shipman was our good guest co-host that day, and uh, yeah, we did have some real super duper good information on that. So that was what fun. was your super duper good information? Well, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you in a minute. Let me introduce okay. the show, and then we'll kind of get going here. One eight hundred. I like super duper good information. Okay, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. You can email us at on the mark at wkok.com. You can text us at seven zero two three six, and always include the keyword OTM if you are going to be uh, talking about that. And uh, you're going to be talking about one of our good topics. Yes, as Joe mentioned, we did have Scott McFarlane from. CBS News call in on Friday, so that was Friday. Just I thought so. I remember that you didn't super check in. <laughs> well, it all blends together at the end of the week. But yes, yeah, I'm sure it does. Super. But yeah, we have some excerpts of his remarks. We'll play those uh, very shortly. So we'd invite you to contact us on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. Email on the mark at wkok.com. Text us at seven zero two three six. We're going to read a pen live clipping in a little bit that Joe brought in about the lawsuit against the Pittsburgh School District because of a lesson related Pittsburgh to... Pittsburgh Area School District, not the Pittsburgh School District. Gender dysphoria. It's Mount Lebanon School Oh, District. I see. Okay. Isn't that funny? Thank you. And so that... Well, you never lived in the Pittsburgh area. I did, so I you, understand oh, the distinction. 
makes sense. Well, I know a lot of people from out there. Met a lot of Penn Staters from out in the Pittsburgh area. So, uh, anyway, back to the uh, show. 1-800-795-9565. So we can talk about that. Gender dysphoria being taught in a first grade class. And some parents are adamantly objecting to, related to that. It's not on the school curriculum. So they probably have some pretty safe standing on that topic. It's January 6th committee. They met last Thursday night. And they're going to meet again today. Uh, Did you happen to watch uh, Howie um, yesterday on Fox? A little bit of it. Media yep. buzz. Mm-hmm. I thought his his observation and those of his guests were very, very on target. I mean, this is not exactly anything new that we've seen here. But they're now saying they have, what, information that could lead to the indictment of President Trump? I guess so. Yeah, some are hinting that one. They know about more uh, more Congress members and senators who are asking for preemptive pardons. Pardons, but let's remember, there's not anything wrong with that. Well, uh, he, Ben Dominici was uh, was the um, I guess the editor for the federal uh, the yeah the Federalist or the Republic. I forget which one it was. Was on. He made an interesting point. He said, you know, the fact that they didn't have any really uh, partisan Republicans, as they have so many partisan Democrats on the committee that there was no give and take there was no back and forth you know there was no um, I won't say quid pro quo but there was no really uh, challenging to mm-hmm. the to the conclusions that came up because Liz Cheney and the others kind of went along with everything that was uh, that was said not that they didn't make a good point here and there but I just think it doesn't seem to me like they're doing anything new now maybe today will be different mm-hmm. well and I think you have to remember it was a presentation. This is not a, you know, you have been to... It was a hearing. It was called a hearing. Well, right. It was called a hearing, (laughs) just by name only. You know, you have been to hearings for this or that or important zoning topics or something. There's a sense of objectivity and rule and decorum and... uh, I've actually testified in a congressional hearing a few years back. And fairness, right? So you have a sense of how that's supposed to be. But this is a January 6th committee. They don't have to abide by any rules. So, well, and I was really surprised. I said this on Friday, how pointed, how they've already concluded that President Trump is criminally culpable there. You know, I I would expect the chairs to maybe enjoy some objectivity, at least a little bit, but of course we didn't see that. So, um, But we we would invite folks to comment on that. I thought it was interesting that he came down and his own daughter saying she had checked out a long time ago. (laughs) And you know, all the liberals who were just always, Bill Barr's horrible, he's the worst thing ever. (laughs) For him to come out and tell the president that his claims were BS in no uncertain terms, I think belies the fact that he was in Trump's pocket. He seemed to be a very fair and independent guy, as far as I can tell. Right. And they were trying to get rid of him at the end in order, if you can believe what they're saying, try to get rid of him in order to uh, put some partisan hack in there who would go along with what President Trump wanted done. If that's the case. What else? Well, nothing. You're obviously in a hurry to move on. Well, <laughs> you you have some pent up demand to to release your January sixth remarks. So go ahead. No, I I just think that it, you know it would have been better to have some really strong opposition on the other side. Now, I understand now they're going to look into whether or not Nancy Pelosi had some responsibility for security at the Capitol. I bet that doesn't go very far. 
on this committee. Well, yeah, Scott McFarland said that there would be that, that you would see this sort of this looping chain of command that involved people asking for help and not getting it and others not asking who should have, you know, this kind of thing. Right. So you see it, we're going to see a schematic of that, but you're not going to see an indictment or a criminal charge come out of that because that's going to list some Democrats that have, you know, X percent of culpability in that. All right, so that is just one topic yep. today, right. January 6th, this Pittsburgh area and the school first two district. callers want to talk about guns again. All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine. I thought we shot that topic last week. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five. Did you get that? Yes, yes, we shot it. Yeah, we. Uh, yeah, you're funny. All right, a lot of parents aren't thinking you're that funny though. So, all right, Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for waiting while we did the preamble for the show. Go right ahead. Good morning. Uh, one thing on Jan Six uh, Committee, you know that kangaroo court would make the most strident dictator proud of the crap that they're doing down there. Because if they had proof that Trump actually did something wrong, it would have been in the hands of the Justice Department, and he would have been indicted already. So I think it's a pile of horse dung. Okay? But other than that, that's not my fault. Yesterday, or Saturday, whenever it was, you know, the, the bipartisan group of senators Democrats and Republicans have come to an agreement, supposedly, of what they can do to prevent, quote, gun violence. So they're going to issue grants to the states to enhance their red flag laws. Now, I do remember a time when everybody accused Trump of, you know, trying to destroy the Constitution. I remember that. Wasn't that long ago. But here these people are putting this, trying to get this red flag in, laws stuff in, you know, so it violates the First Amendment because people will be so scared to say anything about anything because somebody might accuse them of being violent or blah, 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 and come for their guns. And was it the Fourth Amendment, due process, or not a due process or unreasonable search and seizure? They'll come to their home and take their guns or possessions without them ever being able to defend themselves in court. Now, let me put it to you this way. I don't want some low-life scumbag out there using a gun to hurt anyone. Period. Okay? But a guy, anybody has to, the, the most insane murderer gets his day in court. Okay? But it's always after he commits the crime. Now, if it was up to me when they catch these insane murderers, if they have absolute proof, especially if they see them doing it, to end it there is my opinion, but I know that's not, you know, that's not exactly constitutional neither. So what are, where are we at here? Where are we at? Well, I don't think, yeah. uh, I think the feeling of the states that have enacted them and whatever they're drafting in Washington is that they do violate the U.S. Constitution. They're probably going to be careful. Bless you. And they're probably going to be careful to make sure that that doesn't happen. So, um, but I, I don't recall, and Stan, you, you might be a little more informed on this. I don't recall a red flag law ever making its way to the U.S. Supreme Court. I know they've been tested in various state courts, and uh, there have been some changes. Most made it through, but some required changes in order to stay in effect. And they do say, well, you know, they don't take away innocent people's guns, and they don't uh, violate due process. So, you know, you and I can just agree to they say that, but have they been tested at the U.S. Supreme Court that you recall? Not that I know of, but I'm sure eventually it will have to be. But, you know, right now we have, what, the PFA system. My understanding of that is a woman 
or a guy I guess could go accuse someone of being abusive and trying to do them harm and that person never gets a day in court neither right they issue the PFA they come they, now they don't do it if the guy is truly a danger the removal of firearms should be immediate correct but they do but get the, they do it's get their day 20, in court initially stand they issue a temporary order and then they have to go before a district justice or a judge and get the order made permanent so they do have a chance in court but you know initially someone at the judge's office will say yes we believe there's enough evidence here that this person should temporarily give up their guns until we can have a full hearing now it's a matter of days uh-huh. it's not a matter of months or years or never getting your rights it's just a matter of a little bit of time oh okay but so taking someone's constitutional rights from them for (laughs) no proven reason is okay but it's that not. What you're telling me, Joe. Well, you know, because it, that's that's where you're walking. No, that's not where I'm walking, and you're you're choosing to just ignore the, the fact that there is necessarily some kind of a threat. Now, if the woman or this person who unfairly charges uh, another person, once they get to court, if they can't prove that they have been threatened or that the person that is a danger, lied, they, they or that they lied, right? They could be charged. Well, not contempt, perjury, because or unsworn falsification. They could be charged, and they would lose their rights and their privileges. So there's no incentive for somebody to lie about it because they could face criminal action. I know somebody that worked in the DA's office, and women <laughs> would come to the office and want a PFA against their boyfriend or husband so they could go out and have a good time over the weekend and come back Monday or Tuesday and say, oh, I was mistaken and don't want that. So don't tell me it doesn't happen. I don't think the red okay? flag laws are going to have too much impact on the wild weekend PFA that you described. Well, it doesn't right. matter. that You say it doesn't happen. It most certainly does. And that's the problem. The abuse of it is the problem. All right. Is that and there's going to be abuse. Is that the norm or is that the exception? Well, it doesn't matter. We don't have time for Stan's <laughs> okay. answer. Stan, we got callers waiting, so we got to hit the road. All but right. Thank you have so much. Take care. Yep. Well, I think Stan is voicing some very uh, valid questions that have to be answered. You know, in what way do you do deep assurances that uh, no one's due process rights or constitutional rights are violated? I think that's a. I think that's a valid question. I think his examples are worth consideration. But let's stop and think about it for a second. You get arrested for a crime. You go before for a hearing in front of a district justice, and they set bail. If you can't make bail, you wind up in jail until you can make bail. That's the same thing. Your freedom is being taken from you for a period of time without the state having proven anything against you except that there is a preponderance of evidence you might have done something wrong. Right. I think there's a complex system of due process that's associated with most red flag laws. Stan has concerns that's not adequate or existent at all. I think that's a valid question to ask. I think your points are well taken. And I think that, uh, you know, my own personal opinion is that these laws are, are worth trying and studying right. and finding out if they work. Or we see, can't keep saying it won't work without trying it. Well, I don't know about that. But I do think that there's already plenty of red flag laws in place. It's not going to be long that there we're going to... Uh, in 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 the U.S., yeah, oh, okay. not I'm Pennsylvania. I'm not familiar with any in the state. Uh, about two dozen, yeah, none in Pennsylvania. Well, but there is uh, already uh, statutes that say if you are harm to yourself or others, that you sure. can, you know you can be involuntarily you can be involuntarily committed if you be, if someone believes you're a danger to yourself or others. All right, well, to be continued. We got callers waiting. Uh, we are talking strangely enough on on the mark. This is weird, Joe. We're talking about gun rights on on the mark. Oh, gee, can you imagine? <laughs> That's <laughs> unusual, isn't it? It's only in the nine hundred fifty-seven thousand. <laughs> Thousands day in a row. All right, to be continued.
There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Rob Sanders, our fabulous producer on the other side of the glass, taking good care of us, even occasionally archiving the show for us when the time comes, making sure that it pops up on the podcast page. So we always appreciate his help and hard work. He's ready to do his thing. Answer the phone, 1-800-795-9565. You can email him at, or you can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Include, first of all, the keyword OTM and then your message, 150 characters or less. Lance is a good character. I was going to say, speaking of characters, <laughs> yes, <here's Lance>. okay. <laughs> he's a good one. Yeah. Now, it certainly must have been a beautiful day on the river yesterday. That was nice. Wow. A little cloudy, sprinkled a little, but that's fine. It wasn't hot. And, and, anyway, uh, you had read the article in USA Today about how now the kids that are being killed with guns are more than what were killed in auto accidents? Did they say who was a kid? I mean, what age group they used? Mm, I don't recall. 17 and under. Oh, there we go. Joe knows. Well, you see, I was really, well, a friend of mine was really going through the computer, and the age group that has seen the big increase is from 18 to 21. Now, I know that Handgun Control Inc. years ago, they used to use deaths under 25. I'm wondering if these folks are doing the same thing. Point being? I mean, if they didn't give any figures, did they? Well, what, are we talking about how many angels can dance on the head of a pin, whether they're killed by drunk drivers or guns? There are too many no. in both instances. No. No, no, no. All I'm trying to find out is what figures these folks were using to <laughs> come up with we, what we they're... We get that. To, to what end? <laughs> what are you trying to prove? Well, what, what, what I'm trying to prove is these folks are lying and what they were <laughs> are doing to uh, put forth their agenda is false. What, what agenda? What agenda? Agenda of uh, super gun control. They want to get everybody all ginned up when things aren't happening the way they say they are. Well, that's okay. working. <laughs> so your point is that they're trying to distort traffic fatalities in order to make gun fatalities look greater? Lesser. No, well, greater. No, no, that we have a huge um, uptick in gun deaths, okay? And that it is from children. 
when in reality it is the gangs in the cities duking it out and they are using those figures as children that's all i'm trying to find out but gotcha. are they yeah, are they children i mean I'm, I, whether it's a gang banger or whether it's an innocent person the life is still lost oh that's right but i don't consider someone to be over 18 to be a kid well they're that's not that's all okay well that's fair enough yeah that's all, that's, see, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yep, who yeah. knows? I don't. The story I, I saw they, said they were talking about 17 and younger. 17 and younger? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then they were. I'm, all I'm trying to do is find <laughs> out what's... Uh, What's going on? Keep with looking. There. You'll find out that article, though. I'm sure yeah. it's in plain sight. Yeah. I mean, I, I may, not, may not be talking about the same article, but the article I read about the increase in gun deaths it was about children. Uh, many of them caught in crossfire in major cities. No argument there. But you know, the fact that it's the largest now, the largest uh, cause of death for children or young people under the age of 17. That's the story I read. Oh, okay. All right. I just was uh, wanting to know what they used. That's all. I'm not all right. trying to. Well, I don't know that they quote. I can't tell you what statistic they quoted or what you know. I can't tell you what what study they referenced. They just used it in the story that it was the leading cause. And, and I suppose figures? they get that from law enforcement organizations. I mean, who else would collect? Well, it? the feds keep track of this. Do they? Yeah, I know. Do they have any figures on it? That's all. We don't know anymore. No, that's that, right. They that, don't. That so I can't, I can't really say it's true. Uh, now, our, our uh, <laughs> favorite uh, woke condescending know-it-all, why he had mentioned about the people who stay at home to take care of the kids, you know, and his comment about barefoot and pregnant. And he really held in contempt, I guess, people who... Uh, why devote their lives to taking care of their children like it's some kind of uh, a thing not worthy I think C.S. Lewis really summed it up he said children are not a distraction from more important work they are the most important work oh there you go and because we've gotten away from that we're paying the price big time and a lot of it is I think all those boys that was out there and blew all the kids away had one thing in common. There was no dad. Was there? there was no no home. And this is the whole thing. People are forgetting about raising their kids and we're really paying the price. Well doesn't this shooter in um the late you know, doesn't he have a father? Sandy Hook. Well they all have fathers. So Sandy Hook well no, big... Sandy Hook just had the mother. But I'm talking about the, the most recent shooting. Didn't he have uh, his father was yeah, Uvalde, was, his father was his father was on television, so he did have a father. But he wasn't at home, was he? Well, I don't know. The kid's eighteen, he may have left. I I, I don't know. No, but I'm saying is that he wasn't there to raise the kid at all. Well, as wasn't he? I don't I know. know. I mean, they. Yeah. It sounded like he did. I I just heard one interview. Maybe the guy was trying to make himself look good. I don't know. But it, it, he did have a father. You right, said they didn't go. have fathers, but wife. they did have fathers. All right, we got was, you, Lance. We got to hit the road. His, his wife was living with her mother. Mother. And the mother was the grandma was trying to raise the kid. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Well, no, that, she got shot in the face for it. All right. Yeah, I knew he was living with her then, but I didn't know that that was the More case words the about way. dads. We can do that. All right. Thank all right. you so okay. much, Lance. Mm. Good points okay. all. Bye. Appreciate that. All right. Bobby D., you're on the mark. We're talking about the January 6th committee at the U.S. Capitol. Talking about the uh, insurrection. Yes. Um, uh, I have a, um, 
Okay, now I was uh, uh, summoned to be a juror here in uh, <laughs> Northumberland County uh, for uh, like the, that particular process. And my suggestion, is, you know, with all this, is do I'm going to say do the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, call people in, uh, put them, I wouldn't say on a jury type thing, but, you know, interview them and, and check their background information and all that. And uh, th this way there would be an, an organized way to uh, conduct that investigation. Excellent point. Yeah, we could do we could do a better job, and I think this may uh, call for that. For gun buyers age twenty one or under, would require an investigative period to require to review juvenile and mental health records, include checks with state databases and local law enforcement. So there's a pretty significant vetting uh, taking yes. place there. All right, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. All right, thank you. I appreciate the call. All right, uh, upper right-hand corner, Joe. Hi, our friend E.B. says, Last week, the January 6th committee unveiled some shocking things in its first public hearing. Among them were that Donald Trump's closest allies, including Bill Barr and his own daughter, Ivanka, knew his claims of a rigged election were false. Sarcasm added by Joe. We also learned that invoking the 25th Amendment was strongly considered and that Trump apparently agreed with the rioters who wanted to hang Mike Pence. What was our own... Fred Keller's response to this? First, he said it was fascinating to see Democrats pack into a full committee room, even though many of them used proxy voting as an excuse not to show up to work for the past two years, even though he himself also used proxy voting during this time. It doesn't get more hypocritical than that. Then he went on to fake Fox News to whine about the January 6th committee, quote, having the show they had and trying to peddle their narrative, unquote. In other words, Fred Keller doesn't care about what the attacks on the Capitol and doesn't want to, the truth to come out. He seems to align himself with the people trying to overturn a free and fair election. It's no wonder he lost his district. Maybe if he stopped licking Donald Trump's boots and started to actually care about democracy, he would still have his job after January. Uh, EB's fairness and impartiality well, always may so have refreshing. a job after January. It just won't be congressman. I'm sure President Trump will hire him for something. Well, now, let's face it. Who, who did the gerrymandering that got him out of his seat? The Democrats, what, not the, the Republicans. Oh, the state Supreme Court? Yes. Well, so that's why he doesn't have a job. <laughs> You have no comment on that? No, one of our listeners texts schadenfreude. <laughs> what comes around. Okay. That's why uh, Fred Keller's not going to be a congressman. All right. To be continued, we'll ask Fred what he thinks about that, but he won't call back. This is WDK. Okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, Mark Lawrence and Joe McGranahan. Do your Oz chant again. We love Dr. Oz. We love Dr. Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's here to tell you that Dr. Oz is the real deal. He's going to fab be a fabulous Republican when the time comes. He's going to be Washington. a great senator. Great right. senator. Right, when the time comes. And uh, he will adequately and more than adequately balance out 
<laughs> Senator Casey. All right. I think they'll work well together. That's germane because we have an email that relates to Dr. Oz here, so we'll be reading that on the radio shortly. One of our good listeners says, so they're going to enhance background checks on gun buyers under the age of 18. Simple question, why has the system not done that for anyone else before now? For Everyone else. For everyone else. Before now. Well, you know. Well, because it's, there's no, been no law, and the people who like guns don't want them to. <laughs> the NRA says, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, we need more school shootings. Not yet. I think they need to catch their, change their key phrase. All right, 1 800 795 9565 is our telephone number. They would love to hear from you today. The so NRA. They, okay. they want to hear from you. You're going to call the NRA on no. that number? You're we'll not going to report get what you say to them. You can email us at on the market at We'll forward it to them. And you can text right. us at 70236. <laughs> Include the keyword OTM, and uh, we'd love to hear uh, what you have to say today. Our show sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. U.S. Senator Pat Toomey out with a statement overnight about the bipartisan group of U.S. senators that came up with an agreement. Joe Manchin's in this group, so is, of course, Senator Toomey, Kirsten Cinema, Richard Blumenthal, Roy Blunt, Susan Collins, Bill Cassidy, Richard Burr, Chris Coons, Corey Booker, Chris Murphy, John Cornyn, Tom Tillis, Martin Heinrich, and Mark a Kelly. In a pear tree. All right, Joe's done. <laughs> Quote Today we are announcing a common sense bipartisan proposal to protect America's children, keep our schools safe, and reduce the threat of violence across the U.S. He says families are scared. It's our duty to come together to get something done. It would support more state crisis intervention orders. That's more funding, uh, would be another way to word that. Resources to help ensure that deadly weapons are kept out of the hands of individuals who are a danger. More of an investment in children and family mental health services. More protections for victims of domestic violence. More funding for school-based mental health and supported services. More funding for school safety resources. Uh, tightening up our schools is what you should read there. Clarification on the definition of federally firearmed or federally licensed firearm dealers, telehealth investments, which would allow individuals to access mental and behavioral health services uh, via telehealth. Under 21 would have an enhanced review process for buyers of guns under the age of 21. It would require an investigative period to review juvenile and mental health records, including checks with state databases and local law enforcement, and penalties for straw purchases, which is already a law against that. But anyway, this would crack down on criminals who illegally straw purchase and traffic guns. So that's Senator Toomey's statement there. Pennsylvania Capital Star reporting that with the finalized budget right around the corner in Pennsylvania, it's time to renew growing greener with some of that available federal funds. State Representative Linda Schlegel-Culver is the prime sponsor of House Bill 2020, which would replenish the Commonwealth's growing greener fund. The fund has financed efforts to address environmental concerns statewide since 19. 99. She says more than 20 years after Governor Tom Ridge signed the initial Growing Greener legislation, the program continues to have a significant and positive impact on Pennsylvania. The state house voted recently to remove the word homosexuality from the Pennsylvania Crimes Code. Our correspondent Tori Gates has that 
story. The 198 to nothing vote takes the word out of the definition of prohibited sexual acts outlined in state law, which supporters say needed to be done because homosexuality is not a crime. Representative Dan Frankel of Allegheny County called the language, quote, cruel and absurd. Representative Malcolm Kenyatta of Philadelphia noted under current law, residents are still vulnerable to losing their jobs and homes due to their sexual preference. Both Frankel and Kenyatta urged action on non-discrimination measures. Tory Gates, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Penn Live reporting this morning. A U.S. congressman whose district includes Upper Dauphin County is on the offensive. Mid-state lawmaker Scott Perry took to conservative talk Friday to blast the U.S. House Select Committee investigating the January 6th attack on the Capitol. In particular, <coughs> pardon me, its scrutiny of his personal involvement with uh, former President Donald Trump's efforts to stay in power after the 2020 election. Perry has been uh, extensively reported in the last uh, 48 hours, was named by Congresswoman Liz Cheney, one of two Republicans on the mostly Democratic panel, as one of several GOP congressmen who Cheney said the evidence will show made inquiries about seeking a presidential pardon for their post-election election activities. A pardon is intended to wipe out a federal indictment or conviction in a case where the president feels it is warranted. Some are awarded preemptively. And Perry says, uh, Cheney suggested uh, that he sought one of these preemptive pardons, which Perry says is false. But she says she has proof. Right. So let's see if this is the same kind of proof <laughs> we got for so many <laughs> things. We got for so many other things about the Steele right. dossier. <laughs> So, I have proof it's going to rain today. Uh, do you really? Right. I'll let They'll you know at 5 you in the head. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, let's see. In case you didn't catch it over the weekend, thousands of people rallied in Washington and across the nation Saturday in a very vocal March for Our Lives push against gun violence. Meantime, yesterday, a bipartisan group of senators announced a deal that would reform the nation's gun laws. The deal, which still has to pass the House and Senate, would boost efforts to reenact red flag laws. You just read that story. Uh, no, this is a different story about oh. the March for Life. I see. Okay, but yeah, it did allude to the deal. How about uh, the story about the uh, oh, they're doing in Washington today? Apparently, some group is going to try and shut down the city because today is one of the days the Supreme Court releases its decision, and they're concerned about the decision of Roe versus Wade coming down. So they, so they want, want to close the traffic. whole city down, right, and riot. But that's okay, and they don't care that they uh, that somebody was in front of Brett Kavanaugh's house with a gun and wanted to kill him. That's not important, Nancy. Pelosi said, well, maybe we'll take it up on Monday. So over the weekend, people were still out in front of their homes, banging drums and hooting and hollering, trying to influence the decision, which is a federal crime. Finally, no, they're just protesting the decision. They're not trying There's to influence There's no decision. It. There's no decision. Right. Exactly. So how can you influence a decision if there isn't Because one? they're trying to convince them to change their minds from the draft that was put out. No, and actually... they're just trying to irritate them. <laughs> I see. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, well, certainly if somebody came to my house with a gun and duct tape. Are you going to suddenly, yeah, if a protester shows up in front of your house, you're going to say, hmm, I guess I'll review my view on abortion now that we have a protester out front. I don't think so. Anyway, finally, CBS News. News Elise Preston reports the NRA is not likely to say yes to any gun law changes. 20 senators signed a statement expressing support for the plan. 
Texas's John Cornyn was one of 10 Republicans to endorse it. Their involvement is seen as critical to getting any bill through the deadlock Senate. And uh, she says on Sunday, the National Rifle Association said it would not respond to the framework announcement until it sees the full text in any proposed gun control bills. Most of them aren't gun control bills. Most of them are what? Changes in mental health laws and right. school security and so on. Actually, I think the, from the outline they gave, it makes sense to do what they're talking about doing, and I think it might might actually help. Spending money we don't have. It's their speciality. What money are they talking about throwing at this? Well, they would have to borrow money. They don't have any more money left. <laughs> well, we I mean, just print it. <laughs> we're in a glunkzillionaire deficit. A glunkzillion deficit. Well, Mr. Biden just says there's money for everything. He I'm wants sh- $6 trillion again. Sh- I'm sure sta- we don't have that money either. <laughs> I know we don't. We're in a borrowing mode. We're in, we're in the red, Joe. <laughs> we're right. so far in the red, we can't even see any other color. Right. 1-800-795-9565 is our telephone number. January 6th has been on the mind of some of our callers so far. Uh, proposed changes in gun laws, mental health, and school uh, security have been on the minds of some of our other listeners. So join our discussion, 1-800-795-9565. Joe, you got something? Yeah, there? Rob has a good comment. He says, gentlemen, Joris Saul Wachter. Rob, not our producer. Rob, Rob our listener. Rob, our listener, said, uh, Judge uh, Joris Saul Wachter uh, said, a prosecutor could get a conviction on a ham sandwich. Actually, he said he'd get a ham sandwich indicted. Reasoning that by only presenting evidence that supports the claims they are making, the January 6th committee is trying to get a conviction on a person by only presenting evidence that supports their opinion into the case. I say to E.B., let's get all the evidence out about what happened, not just the evidence you want to hear. That's a good point. Well, Republicans had an opportunity to participate in this with a full slate of Republicans and declined to do so. No, no, no. They appointed two uh, congressmen, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't let them serve. Well, you can't put the, these rabble-rouser folks on there. You Why have to not? Have some You've got rabble-rousers on the Democratic side. I don't so. Think so, in other words, only Democratic rabble-rousers are permitted. <laughs> well, it's their committee. <laughs> okay. So you admit it's partisan from the get-go. It is partisan. Oh, I thought you knew that. Yeah, this has been set up as a... Democratic, but I mean, they obviously they invited Republicans, but then hand chose the ones that they would accept. Right. But if they had it taken, it is a partisan endeavor. But it's and it is an objective. There's no problem with that. But that's the way prosecutors are. You know, they sort like of look con- at the damning evidence associated with something. It's like conducting a trial, but only having the prosecution present. There's no defense. If they had let the Republicans in that, that wanted to be appointed or that the Republicans wanted to appoint, there would have at least been a counterpoint to all that's going on. There might have been a minority report somewhere. Yeah, but, you know, there would have been both sides of the issue. Now you have Liz Cheney, who is practically the Democrats' (laughs) lapdog. She's frothing at the Trump lap. She is a conservative, but I think she's let her hatred of President Trump overpower everything else. I I think there's a little bit of truth to that. All right, upper right-hand corner, and then the caller. Oh, E.B., he's he's really rolling today. He says, it's highly amusing to listen to the conservative callers talking about the January 6th committee. I can hear the panic in their voices. Oh, Mark, the January 6th committee. It's terrible. Do you hear the panic in my voice? <laughs> I do. You're quite nervous. <laughs> They're clearly Smoke some af- pot. It'll help you relax. <laughs> They're clearly afraid that the committee... Yeah, right. Let, call the lieutenant governor. See if you can hook me up. They're clearly afraid that the committee will be able to prove their allegations against Trump. Personally, I think they have good reason to be scared. This is the beginning of the end for the orange idiot, and hopefully for the entire GOP as well. Well, come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, Let's see. John Fetterman says he's out of edibles. That's all he had. Is that all he yeah, had? Sorry, oh, gee. All right. All right. Hit the button, Joe. Right. 
Al, you're on the mark. Okay, get it off the speaker. Yes, get it off okay, the speaker. Okay, I'm calling about Brett Kavanaugh. Um, how's the coverage there on CBS of that? Uh, well, they, How many minutes do you think CBS put to that? They, oh, I have no idea. They covered the arrest How about NBC? and showed pictures of the... How about ABC? Couldn't tell they you. They have zero minutes. <laughs> oh, they zero didn't cover minutes. the arrest of this fella at all whatsoever? Somebody arrested at no. Kavanaugh's house and they didn't cover it? Come they on now. They didn't cover it. What's the guy's last name? Uh, did the uh, assassination attempt? Yes, or whatever it was, yeah. I don't know, just Brett Kavanaugh and ABC, NBC, and CBS have zero coverage of it. Okay, I doubt You tell me why they do that. C-A-V-A-N-A-U-G-H, Kavanaugh, boom. Well, it is a big story, and it wasn't didn't receive a lot of coverage. If you had watched, Zero coverage. If you had watched um, uh, Media Buzz with Howie Kurtz on Fox yesterday morning, which is an extremely fair program. Anybody who watches that and says it isn't balanced is a little kooky in my view. But they talked about the lack of coverage. And if it had been a liberal judge who was... Lack. Uh, it was zero coverage, Joe. Zero. zero. Well, there was coverage. Why do you think? Why do you think it's zero coverage is the question? Because well, it doesn't fit the narrative. What narrative are you talking about? That uh, Arge Man bad. We can't ever have him in here again. <laughs> well, that's funny. <laughs> no, that they don't care. They should. Nancy Pelosi had it sitting on her, um, sitting on a wall that would help protect people uh, from the justice and their family. And uh, she's sitting on it. And I'm just asking why. I don't know why. That's why I'm asking. Well, the guy's name was Nicholas John Roski. He was 26 years old of Simi Valley, California. How do you spell his last name? R-O-S-K-E. Nicholas John Roski. Or Rosk, I guess. And on the gun laws, O'Reilly had a good idea. Just federalize all the laws that we still have on there. Any gun law that's broken... Uh, you know, send it to the feds and then make a mandatory five-year sentence. Well, I'm, there, there I'm was on the coverage. NBC site, and it says, Man with Gun Knife Arrested Near Justice Kavanaugh's Site, and that's NBC News. And the Washington Post had a headline, Man with Gun is Arrested Near Brett Kavanaugh's Home. See, uh, NBC News, Man with Gun Knife Arrested Near Justice Kavanaugh's House. ABC. New York Times, Armed Man Traveled to Justice Kavanaugh's Home to Kill Him. The Guardian. No, they wrote about it, but they didn't cover it on TV. There's zero times reporting it on NBC, CBS. Come on, on the now. main channels, zero. Okay, but that- anyway, on the gun laws, you know, if you had a five-year crime, you're going to have to do several things. Harden the schools; that will protect the children in the schools, protect the people in the cities. Any gun law that's broken, instead of letting the people go, give them five years. That's going to fill up the prisons, but it's going to slow things down, and then. Uh, the illegitimate uh, committee that's trying to do President Trump in for the third time of the six on the sixth. Uh, what happened on January sixth? It's Brett an illegitimate committee. Arrested outside they said there's the never been one like this in, in hundred years. Here's a section of ABC News. A man arrested outside the justice's home with a pistol, zip ties, and burglary tools. What he said he was angry about and what he told police he was setting out to do. Tonight he's now charged with attempted murder. And here's our chief justice correspondent, Pierre Thomas, now. 
Tonight, an apparently deeply disturbed man is accused of plotting to assassinate Supreme... That's Court ABC. That's zero coverage. <laughs> that's them that's not ABC, covering it. Right. Well, they have quite a few stories on the list. I don't know how many... It might have been, you know, zero minutes. Maybe no well, this zero well, this was a fairly well, no, long this package story. is like listed as seven minutes. Now, I'm sure some of it is probably discussion afterward where they're not really talking about it anymore. Right. I mean, where they're not, um, where they're talking about either security or the well, issues. Well, see, I get this information from Fox News, and you can't believe that either. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you. We'll use that in the, in the editing, in the promo reel. Thank you so much. What All else right, you thanks. got? What, what do you got that you know for sure? Well, you don't Monday. know nothing for sure. That's what we know for sure. Okay. All what right, we well, know ch- for sure is you don't know what you don't know, and we'll never know everything <laughs> because they don't want us to know everything. There you go. There. And we can't handle it. All right. We couldn't handle it. All right, okay. we got you out. Thank you, sir. Yeah, yeah, what was fine. that? What was that line from? Um, I forget the actor's name. You can't handle the truth. Oh, that was <laughs> Jack uh, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, right? In um, oh that war war movie. Uh, what was it? Not Saving Private Ryan. One Jack time. Nicholson. Yeah, but the name of the movie. Oh, uh, oh shoot. Um. <laughs> it was about a marine. It was a marine colonel. I remember that. You want the truth? You all can't right. handle you, the you truth. Go, you old guys work on this. I know I won't remember, so I don't have to try. Doesn't a few matter. good men. A few good men. That's all right. right. Very you. good. See, a good thing we got a few good men on this show <laughs> that we can uh, take all comers. We'd love a few good women to call us. Call us now, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.com. Text us about 70236. When we come back, we're going to read a clipping as it relates to the Pittsburgh a, a Pittsburgh Mount area school district. School district. Yep. Yes. A Pittsburgh area school district. To be continued. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake. A service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Okay, here's the story that we referenced earlier in the program. A lawsuit by three parents claims the Pittsburgh area school district is violating their civil and constitutional rights by teaching gender dysphoria and transgender transitioning to first grade students. The three parents in the Mount Lebanon school district are seeking a court order to stop the instruction and a jury trial to decide both compensating and punitive financial damages. According to Fox News, the suit was filed by three mothers who are seeking a court order to stop the gender-related instruction at Jefferson Elementary School in Pittsburgh. 
The suit targets the district, its superintendent, the school board, and Jefferson Elementary first grade teacher, Megan Williams. It also names other school officials and an elementary school principal as well. The mother, the mothers allege Williams did not respect their parental rights with her direct classroom instruction on gender dysphoria and the use of books on the subject. The lawsuit points out the unique perspectives and views that Williams might have as the mother of a transgender child who is the same age as her students, but noted that such a fact does not give her the right to impose those views on a captive audience of six- and seven-year-old children. Williams also began the process of interjecting in her own personal life and views into the classroom, explaining that her child had worn an Elsa dress for Halloween. The complaint also said, alleging that Williams explained to her students that sometimes parents are wrong and parents and doctors make mistakes when they bring a child home from the hospital. The suit argues that parents have a constitutional right to control the education of their children and to direct the upbringing and education of children under their control. This is a story by uh, Zachariah Ballantyne in today's Penn Live from Harrisburg. So it's not a Fox News story. Right. This is being covered nationally. Oh, this has been right. all over the news. Right. I heard it. The lawsuit also claims the district violated its own policies by not listing gender dysphoria and transgender transitioning as part of the curriculum online and also alleges that parents were not given the opportunity to excuse their children from such instruction if it does not conform to how they would like to touch on such topics. You know, do you see why parents get upset? Well, and I think this well, this wasn't just any day, though. The whole purpose was this was on some kind of a day, you know, like national talk about important, should have been <laughs> national behind National Gender closed. Dysphoria Day? Something, yeah, something day. You know, it wasn't just any well, day. The it's lawsuit like alleges Freedom Day or something like that. The real that. kicker here is the lawsuit alleges that Williams encouraged children not to tell their parents about her instruction, according to WTAE-TV. The lawsuit raises other unrelated topics, alleging Williams does not have students in her class participate in the Pledge of Allegiance and claiming that her emphasis on racial justice is strident. Well, if true, you shouldn't tell kids not to tell their parents something they learned in school or talk about in school. That's wrong. Well, if if you if, the if your right. first grader came home and you talked to them in class about something like gender dysphoria, I'm sure they don't get the concept, and so the natural thing to do would be to ask your parents about it, wouldn't it? Well, and I th- well sure, and I and I think uh, you know we'll have to find out what what comes out of this. Um, do curricula always list every specific topic that's likely to come up, or well, is first it just of all, it's discussed sort of in a general fashion? Do you know of any school district? or any educational process where they urge you to teach gender dysphoria to first graders. No, but I think it could be part of a book or something. It could be brought up, you know, in a in a appropriate way. And if, what if, is appropriate for a first grader? Well, I don't know. I'm not an educator, but I would think if you had a first grader, you'd have to put the full context that you know most people are born and sort of occupy the uh, you know sort but of stay consistent. The doctors made a mistake with, when they bring the child no, home from the hospital. Oh, I don't think that's, that's true what she's for most teaching. people. That's I, what she's teaching. That is not what she says at all whatsoever. Oh, that's not so. She says most doctors made a mistake when they sent their kids she, home? No, she said that some doctors... You just said most doctors. She's teaching that most doctors made a mistake. Doctors make mistakes when they bring a child home from the hospital. 
<laughs> is that no. what she's? Is so what medical quote? professional can't determine whether there's a boy or a that. girl? That's funny. <laughs> Doctors made a mistake. Well, I don't know. It, it will depend on the actual context and what she said. But if uh, she went too far, you know, she's going to have to reel it in. If uh, you know, it's not part of the curriculum, she'll have to, uh, you know, during the finding of fact, we'll find out what she actually did. Yeah, this was on like I'm, I'm going to make this up, National Freedom Day or something, where the idea of individuals who are uh, either transgender or gay or you know, whatever, Republican get to talk about uh, their plight and, and how they're, uh, you know, growing up and so on. So I just think it's, uh, we'll have to see what happens. If she, But if she went over the line, the district can easily show that, correct? Well, what I haven't seen in the story, and I, I think there may have been more to it, and I, I cut and pasted what I thought was relevant. And again, it was a story by Zachariah Ballantyne ba- from today's Penn Live. Right, good writer. Yeah, very good writer. Very good story. But, you know, I would be interested in knowing the school district's policy here or what they are likely to do, but the fact that they sued the school district, the superintendent, and the teacher would lead me to believe that the district didn't do anything about it. I'm sure the parents right, must have gone first to them before they went the f- to court. The first step, this was their last straws kind of thing. But, you know, so. this is this is the kind of stuff that uh, I can understand people who have a transgender child wanting people to understand them, you know, and to make sure that, that they not are treated unfairly. They don't deserve to be treated poorly or badly in school or to be bullied. Nobody deserves well, that. And let's point out that for most of the people who are transgender, uh, by now in their lives, by the time they get to first grade, they are already aware that they are not are they? sort of fulfilling. Well, the people who are transgender talk about that, say, I always knew from my first memory on that even though I played with girls and acted like a girl and was a girl and was born a girl and had a girl's name, that I didn't feel a part. You know, I mean, we talked about the book, we've talked about people who, or we talked with people who are transgender in here. This is that period of time when that concept starts to grow in their minds that they're they're not fitting in as much as they okay. might want to. Or but exactly. isn't that an individual thing? Let's say I'm one Definitely. of those people. Yep. Shouldn't there be Absolutely. a mechanism where I can go talk to somebody about that without the teacher dragging the whole class into it? Right. Well, without, like I said, well, I, I think if the teacher, it sounds as though the teacher may have crossed a line, and in which case that, you know, whatever the di- district does about that, they'll have to do her to make sure that she doesn't do that again or find out what the actual context, or, you know, what the actual words were. You don't record your lessons, right? Like there's no videotape or audio tape. I, all I guess the teacher could do that if she wanted to or he wanted yeah, to. But uh, that might be helpful. But in any event, uh, well, to be continued. At so, what point in your life, I mean, it seems to me that when we talk about where this stuff is appropriate, I think as a kid approaches the teenage years, it may be appropriate to explain to them that there are differences and there are people who feel, you know, that they are not in the body they were, they were uh, meant to be in. But it should be part of an overall class that also discusses normal, normal heterosexual relationships, health issues. I mean, I can see it being included in a comprehensive class, just like their religion. not you in know, first grade you under teach any all religions. If there was a religion class that only taught Christianity, well, I'm sure people would be upset. But if there's a religion, world religion class that teaches about all religions, and yours is included in that, that's fine. And I think what, what happens in those cases is if you wait till then, a lot of uh, information 
information and misinformation has already made it to the students. So in this particular case, if you want to wait till kids are 10, 11, 12, 13 to bring up this topic in a curriculum, that's fine. But you've got to make sure that the student is well taken care of through their whole lives. And that's the job of the parents to have this conversation. You know, waiting for the school to present a curricular aspect well, you, of this is too late. Did you so ever, uh, parents uh, should, have, should have addressed this from the first grade on. Thinking back to your first grade class, did you ever have one of your student fellow students come up to you and say, hey, Mark, you know, I don't think I'm the right sex. I don't think first graders identify with that. No, I don't but think I would it, think that there were students. I wasn't even certain what sex I was opposite when I was 13. You no, know, I'm sure kids. there were students in my age bracket at that time who had that feeling, and we didn't talk about it, but uh, I think that there were probably kids that were already thought that maybe they didn't quite Been to your fit. class reunion lately? How many of the kids you went to school with are now a different sex? Uh, just one that I know of, <laughs> but that's another topic. So, but I, you know, I honestly think that this is a real, a real issue that should be brought up and talked about. Parents should bring it up if the school wants to have a, a uh, sort of a matter of fact segment in the classes. That's What's fine. What's a matter of fact segment? Well, I'm not I think. Familiar with well, that. the fact that the, you know X number of people identify as transgender. That it's less than one percent, isn't it? Uh, I would think so. Yeah. It's, okay, it's so we have to explain to a class of 25 or so first graders what less than 1% of the population is? Well, that's the way the world is. You talk about all kinds of things that aren't. I've got to teach kids not to stand outside in a thunderstorm that might get hit by lightning, even though there's only a, a, a one tenth of 1% chance that'll happen. You teach kids about the, what the world really is, not what most of the world is. You try to teach them about everything that relates to our world. But how much time do you devote to it? Oh, I don't and know. And you devoted it in first grade. <laughs> Everything I know about curriculum, I've just exhausted <laughs> arguing this. Right. Well, I mean, I can understand, like I said, if you, if you want to make this when, when the kids are 12 or 11, 12, 13 years of age, it might be age appropriate if it was done in a certain way. But on the other hand, first graders, they don't know what All this right, stuff's about. got a about. teacher send us a note. All right, it says, I'm a retired elementary educator, Mark. I don't think there is any correct reason to talk about gender issues in the first grade, period. Period. And okay. I agree. So there'd be no way. Yeah, and I think parents could. You know, you could do it through the books that you're, you know, I think if there's a book that, uh, um, you know, says, I feel like Elsa instead of <laughs> Bob, you know, that kind of thing. I think that might address it if parents want to bring it up. But I think by then an observant parent would already know that their child is is having thoughts that maybe they don't quite fit in the same way. I'm not sure how to describe it. But, but what kind but of parents what part of that is that. an overreaction from the parents? I, I have my son, who was happily married, has two children. You know, when he was a kid, that he was fascinated sometimes with a, a female dolls or action figures that were women. Does that mean we should have been upset about it and said, no, we need to explain gender dysphoria to him? Well, I am the expert on overreaction, so <laughs> I can tell you that my daughter was... Uh never permitted to go anywhere outside at all whatsoever by herself that I had to keep an eye on her. <laughs> and when she walked to the library, I had to stand outside and watch her go the last block. I, she could do a half block by herself, but that's it. 
All right. So, so I, you know, I think parents react and teach and talk and, and learn and observe on, on their own. But if uh, our well, good teacher age? says having in the first grade just doesn't fit at all, I'll, I'll trust that. Well, at what age did you explain to your daughter about gender dysphoria? I never did. Oh, I, I don't remember. you never did. Yeah, Why I, would that be? If we're supposed, it's important to teach people about less than what, well, less than one percent of the population is. Why didn't you ever include that in her education? I'm not even sure at the time that I knew there was anybody that was transgender. <laughs> Yeah, I don't recall. It was a couple years later that one of their classmates in the same school, but not in her class or in her grade, uh, was transgender. In fact, we ended up interviewing that individual and I, at that point. But by then, my daughter was a teen, and we... Um, you know, had a conversation about it. You know, I think with a kid, she if a kid asks was. you a question, you try to give them the best answer you can, appropriate to their age. If my grandsons came and asked me something about gender dysphoria, I, the thirteen-year-old will get a different answer than the four-year-old. I hope so. <laughs> you know, you know, and I and I think that that's what's important here. You don't force it down the kid's throat and say, "Well, you played with a doll. Do you have gender dysphoria?" Or do you say, "If you have a question about anything, you can bring it to me, and I'll try to give you a fair and honest answer." All right, one eight hundred seven nine five. But it sure as hell shouldn't be in the schools. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five is our telephone number. We're talking about a great pen live article, though this has been on Newsweek and USA today and sort of some of the uh, um, other mainstream news platforms. 1-800-795-9565 talking about the first grade class that got a lesson in transgender and gender dysphobia or transphobia that relates to or not transphobia but uh, dysphoria and uh, because in part the teacher had experience with it so she was able to talk about it. Is that right? Ever appropriate? One of her good teachers says N double O exclamation point one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. What's your view? Welcome back to WKOK Live Telephone Talk Show on the Mark, 1-800-795-9565. One of our listeners has a topic as it relates to guns and mental health. Upper right-hand corner, Joe. says, what scares me about red flag laws is when you go before a judge. I'm sure the courts will subcontract some mental health Ph.D. to evaluate your competence. These are the people that promote participation trophies and think spankings are detrimental to child rearing. Yeah, I want them deciding if I can keep my gun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that is an interesting point. You know, there would have is to it? be some mechanism that allows impartiality and fairness in this process, right? Well, and I think the individual will have a defender. It may not be their own attorney. Maybe initially you might need a public defender. But I think they're trying to make due process take place. But if we aren't delivering it, the courts can, this can be detected immediately. You know, if red flag laws become more common and it's clear that due process isn't happening, and you can show that, and that the law is doing that. Hey, you know, do a repeal, reel it back, or fix it, or whatever it takes. Yeah, I'm I, I'm in favor of examining the idea of what what we've done with red flag laws already in the U.S. A lot of states have them. Are they working? Are they not? Are they failing? Have any been tested at the U.S. Supreme Court? I don't recall that, but uh, and Stan didn't either. But maybe there is somebody that does. So 
red flag laws definitely worth being part of this con- this conversation. Well, I know that a few years ago there was a tragic incident in Fulton County where a guy uh, wife went to court and was very upset about her husband. Apparently, beat her and, and threatened her, and she got a restraining order against him, and they confiscated his guns. Okay. Uh, they he was initially jailed, I guess, for the threats. When he got out on bail, he went to his brother's house, borrowed a gun, and went out and shot and killed his wife. You know, so there's no absolute guarantee here of protection if you get a PFA from somebody. But is it unreasonable to protect the person, at least give them the benefit of the doubt until there can be a hearing? Because if you're not actually planning to harm them, you know, you won't mind. You're going to go think. throughout your daily life like nothing's wrong. Right, you're wrong. just going to live your day out. But on the other hand, if you are planning something bad and you do plan to hurt them, then society, I think, has a vested interest in stopping you. Well, and if they take your gun during hunting season, you'll have to resort to bow and arrow, which well, is a they, lot of fun. I well, what do they take? In other words, if, I, if, if my gun is taken from me for a few days while I undergo a hearing, yes, I've well, lost assuming... my constitutional right to bear arms, but not forever, right. you know, and not... And, and but you not, might miss hunting season. <laughs> well... <laughs> Up, uh, lower right-hand corner, Joe. All right. Uh, again, there is no such thing as gun violence. Humans commit acts of violence. Guns have no ability to come off a shelf and commit violence on their own. And so the agreement would reduce crime. Do they think they were stupid? The most violent cities already have the most heinous gun laws, and what do they have? And finally, there is a background check law on the books now. If they weren't thorough, what was that? What was the point? Well, that's a good point. All right, one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. I don't think uh, background checks are exhaustive for individuals. It's a cursory background check on things that sort of pop up in the system, whether you've been 302'd or have been arrested for felonies, and you have some of it as your own volition. You volunteer the information. But it's not a thorough background check, and electronically done and well run, it only takes a couple minutes. 1-800-795-9565. We're on the gun law, red flag law discussion right at the moment. Dan is on the line. Good morning, sir. Go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Well, uh, about two weeks I think it was on the National Desk News why they had a survey and every school where the teachers were allowed to carry pack heat, there was no school shooting. And therefore you can conclude the best thing that could happen is to allow teachers that are willing to learn or have training uh-huh. to pack yep. heat and that would eliminate most of these school shootings because the perpetrator won't go in a school where they know the teachers are carrying and they don't know which teacher's carrying or which employee is carrying heat so they have no idea so they won't go in them schools so I think that's the best answer and the school shooting balance, which is going on. Well, I think arming teachers is part of the conversation. I would not say it has any momentum, but I think a highly trained teacher, particularly one maybe as ex-military, would uh, you know could potentially help. It's that old good guy with a gun stops a bad guy with a gun every time. So, 
I think it's part yeah. of the conversation. I, I, well, sometimes I, the good guy with a gun gets shot by the bad guy with a gun. Don't forget, it's Lawrence's cockamamie idea that absolutely, positively, everybody carry, including the janitor, and especially the janitor. It's the ideal, but the best thing is the teachers that want to be trained and don't think there's a that there wouldn't be many. There'd be a lot of teachers that would love to be trained how to handle a handgun or gun safety and all that they'd be willing to carry and I think that would solve a lot of the problems we have and the more people that pack heat the safer we're all going to be Well, unless those people have mental defects, Dan, then we're not safe. Then the background (laughs) check catch system will catch them, and they shouldn't be teaching anyway. Every person I know that packs heat, I'm glad to be close to them at all times. And, Mark, if you were here, I'd love to sit next to you if you were packing heat. Well, I can arrange that. (laughs) (laughs) When I come out there for lunch this summer, I'll be sure to uh, holster a side. You don't have to sit across from him every day, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you nervous after a while. This is today the day. Uh, And argue with him and see his face get red and then reaching for his holster. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy. (laughs) Yeah, but you know... Everybody I know that carries is very sane, and they're not going to pull that gun out unless it would really be an emergency. And no one wants to ever have to use it. No one. They hope the day never comes when they have to use that firearm. But if need be, they have it. And it's a deterrent to criminals. Yep, I agree. Everybody should yeah. consider it. Why not? All right, thank you, sir. Thanks for calling in. Hey, you guys have a great day. Beautiful out there. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I was looking out the window. It looks like another super summer day. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, everybody, for listening so far. I want to tell you about our good sponsor, On the Mark, brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family-owned dealership since 1915. Three addresses, 4th Street, Sunbury, 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and www.sunburymotors.com. They invite you to do what I have done in recent days and will do again very soon. Visit the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. That's where they specialize in all types of service, state inspections, nitrogen for tires. They can pump you up. They can fix your body. They can make your alignment <laughs> perfect on your vehicle, that is, Joe. Sorry about that. Oh. And they're open. Great hours, too, Monday through Friday, 6.30 a.m. to 6 p.m., Saturday, 6.30 a.m. to 2 p.m. You can either drop in or make an appointment. You can even make your appointment online if you'd like to with the Quick Lane. So they would love to help you out. Or if you're ready for a new vehicle, they sell Ford, Hyundai, and Kia. And they would just love to be the place where you get your vehicles. they got a couple of F-150s on the lot, a couple of Escorts, a couple of Echoes, a couple of Explorers, a couple of Broncos, a couple of two-tree F-150s. I already mentioned them. But you have an opportunity to get a new vehicle at the Sunbury Motor Company. Plus, they're ordering up vehicles. Joe's electric truck, the F-150 Lightning, is on a rail car waiting for a couple of two, three chips from overseas. And that will be ready in 
the uh, well weeks ahead, I would think, something along that line. We already have the VINs, strangely enough, but we just got to wait for those chips to come in. Maybe they can take them off of one of the other trucks on the lot and put them in your truck. Would that work? Unless they are specific to the Yeah, vehicle. they probably are. All right, 1-800-795. We thank the Sunbury Motor Company for being our sponsor. 1-800-795-9565. We will be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. All right, here's that's Joe playing the guitar yeah, in man. the Sealands Grove Community Band. <laughs> Listen, yeah, you're rocking that. All right, hit the button, Joe. Or All right, hit the email. Tom says alcohol and guns is a bad idea, as well as drugs and guns. Everybody packing is a shooting right around the corner. Everybody's and your response? Uh, yeah, everybody who is not packing is a victim waiting to be had. Okay. Uh, Dennis says, imagine George Washington's son going to his father at a young age and telling him he had gender dysphoria. I'm sure George would try to give him over to the British. If he even understood what he meant, progress is not all-encompassing. And another writer says, I have a friend in England. They enacted no-knife laws years ago, complete with drop boxes. The friend says knife attacks are still rampant. Bans do not stop criminals. I don't think a ban is part of this. I don't think there's anything here that would reduce actual sales, sales or carrying no, or taking a gun. I don't think so either. I think that's, yeah, no ban on this in this particular case. WRR says, once again, two old white guys that are not educators, curriculum experts, child or adolescent psychologists, talking like they are the experts. Typical for you and your audience. I don't tell you how to run a radio station, so don't tell me how to run a school. Actually, I did go to teacher's college. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I think, according to this, then, we could never discuss anything. I mean, you no, and I No, no one would be allowed to discuss anything. We're not anything. marksmen. I mean, I, I have a twenty-two, not with me. But, <laughs> Thank um, goodness. But, so I can't talk about guns because I'm not an expert. So, of course, we can't talk about uh, January 6th because we're not Congress members. Right. So when we can't talk and we've about... we've never been president. We can't talk about the new transportation project because we're not no. civil engineers. We don't drive on it. <laughs> Yet, uh, let's see, we can't talk about schools or curriculum because you and I aren't in school anymore. We can't talk about what's good for our kids because we don't have any anymore. Well, WRR, you are, in fact, telling us how to run a radio station by suggesting we shouldn't be talking about education. <laughs> yeah, I think he's out. I think he's out of bounds. <laughs> I think I he's think way out of bounds. Delete it and it's hit block on the email because okay. this man's trying to tell us how to do our job. And our friend EB, oh, he just can't stop. <laughs> Over the weekend, Dr. Oz said he would 
would fight to end illegal immigration. It's a strange statement given that his family business was fined $95 million by the U.S. Immigration and Customs. That business illegally hired thousands of immigrants using fake names and social security numbers. It was the largest fine in ICE history. So to those of you who voted for Dr. Oz, just remember you supported the hiring of illegal immigrants and taking jobs away from Americans. E.B., you might want to get your facts straight. It is not a an Oz family business. It's his wife's family's business, not Dr. Yeah, but Oz's. Oz was integral in hiring all those immigrants. Oh, was he? Yes, oh, he had yes. a stand down there, Dr. Oz Immigrant Hiring Service. And he had the Biden T-shirt already for them. Right. And remember what LGBTQ stands for? Let's get Biden to quit. <laughs> all right. Hey, thank you, everybody. Great discussion. Tomorrow we'll have somebody call in, in addition to all of our good remarks that you'll hear from Joe and I. We're not an expert in anything. But, but we, we have opinions on everything. But we know one thing for sure. We're coming back, We're coming tomorrow. back tomorrow. Thank you, everybody. This is WKOK Sunbury.